1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: Who is actually coaching for their job? Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff here previewing Week 18 of the NFL season. Perloff, in, in one place where you and I, I think, really do not agree is about the Dallas Cowboys. Do I think that they're going to beat the Commanders this weekend? Yes, I think they are going to be the NFC East champs. They're going to get that second seed. However, it's got to look good for Dallas in this postseason run, and it's got to look good for Mike McCarthy because you really are on the precipice of something here with Dallas where Dak Prescott's playing for a new contract, CeeDee Lamb's playing for a new contract, Micah Parsons playing for a new contract. You have your nucleus here. And if it looks bad in the playoffs, if they get beaten in embarrassing fashion, I do think that McCarthy will be out. I don't think it's crazy to think that Bill Belichick could be a potential option for the Dallas Cowboys. There's so many moving parts. Like it's not just about Dallas winning. There's more to it. They can't be embarrassed in this playoff run.
3: A month ago, Mike McCarthy was being talked about as coach of the year. I well, mean such a fast Texas Coast I mean, they've been, okay, they've been a little slow down this last quarter of the season, but I still think Mike McCarthy's done a really good job this year. I thought the tide had turned. I'm surprised to hear you say this because all that noise about Mike McCarthy somehow went away this year. He hasn't had the signature mistakes, and it's funny because Detroit helped him out with that a little bit uh, last week. But honestly, I, I feel like Mike McCarthy has elevated himself I mean, look at Sean Payton in Denver and look at Mike McCarthy. I think McCarthy, if anything, is stands in higher regard around NFL circles now than he did earlier in the year.
2: It's about expectation. And the expectation is that the Dallas Cowboys have to make a run here. And if they do beat Washington, which they are a 13-point favorite in this game, that means they get two home playoff games. You have to win both of those playoff games.
3: What do you mean expectation? There's such a, if you look at odds, San Francisco is such a heavy favorite in the NFC. Nobody's really feeling confident that Dallas can knock them off. I think expectation is what helps him out here. Somehow the expectation got lowered in Dallas. No one really thinks that they're going to go into San Francisco and win that game. So you're not going to kill McCarthy for losing to a fully stacked San Francisco. This San Francisco team seems like an all-time team. Okay. Losing them, there's no shame in that.
2: Well, here's the problem. You can't just keep losing to the same team over and over again and show that you have not found yeah. a solution. I think playing the San Francisco 49ers and losing to the 49ers, which would be three times in a row, twice in the postseason, once in the regular season, so four times in a row, you lose to the same team, that to me shows you're not the coach to get this team over the hump.
3: Well because Jerry scenario, Jones though,
2: isn't going to look at the roster and say, I messed up.
3: But in this scenario, though, at least they get to the NFC title game. Because they'll be the two seed in San Francisco's the one seed. That's a little development. It's a little farther in the playoffs. You know if Dallas gets the NFC title game, Jerry's going to feel pretty good. He feels pretty good about this team, and it's not even winning in the playoffs. Well, he, seems, it, he seems into Mike McCarthy.
2: And that is why another place where you and I have never agreed, which is about Jerry Jones and the true motivation. And I've always thought his true motivation, people say he wants to win more than anyone. Not true. He's got everything. He's got the team that we talk about the most. He's got the stadium that's worth the most and seats the most people, right? He's got the gold jacket now. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's buried the hatchet with Jimmy Johnson. I mean, listen, he's already won. Like, he's won at the at the game of NFL. No. Becoming one of the most powerful owners, if not the most powerful. What does winning the Super Bowl do for him?
3: It's like the Belichick-Brady thing. It's the credit. I mean, the credit goes to Jimmy Johnson. I know he led him in the ring of honor, but that doesn't change anything. Jerry still thinks he hasn't won his Super Bowl alone.
2: So that is one NFC team that has a lot on the line. Well, this weekend, of course, you cannot lay an egg to Washington. Uh, But let's talk about another team with a lot on the line. It's both sides. It's the Green Bay Packers and it's the Chicago Bears. Now the Bears might be eliminated from postseason contention, but Green Bay is right there. Green Bay Packers have surprisingly
3: hit me with a scenario Maggie
2: here you go you ready yeah Green Bay clinches a playoff berth if they win easy tie plus Seattle loses or ties plus New Orleans loss or a little tie. more
3: complicated
2: ties or Seattle loss or Tampa Bay <laughs> loss Green Bay ties plus a Seattle tie plus Tampa Bay loss or tie a Minnesota loss or tie plus a Seattle loss plus Tampa Bay loss a Minnesota loss or tie plus Seattle loss plus New Orleans. Everyone got all that. So what's at stake here for Green Bay is obviously the playoffs, but even more than that. And then Jordan love a restructured contract, all of that. And then for the bears, even though it's not playoffs, this could be a totally different regime and quarterback, potentially, uh, depending on the end, how the outcome of this game.
3: Yeah, first of all, it is important. But does talk about expectations? Say Green Bay loses, yeah. or or they win. Say they lose their first playoff game. Is anyone going to be disappointed or care? Is there anything on this season with the Packers?
2: Uh, no, I think Jordan Love's development at the end of the season is probably enough.
3: Right, yeah. I, I think they're, they're playing with house money already. I think the Bears... It's funny. They're not playing for anything. In a way, it's just as important to them. Because Iberflus is coaching for everything here. It's for his job.
2: 855-212-4CBS. Two, two, don't, don't you think, though, there is something small and flawed in your decision-making? If you are just determining somebody's future in your organization and the future of your organization, period, based on one game. I oh, mean, that's insane.
3: It's, it's totally silly. But the, that's why, honestly... I feel like, and you're not always like this. You've kind of fired four NFL coaches today. I don't know if you've been keeping track. Yeah, Yeah. The reality is I think owners do want some stability. It's not as easy. I think the fact that the Bears have won five or six, I think the Bears ownership group, which is, I don't even remember where they are right now. They're sort of in flux. I think you can't turn away from that. It's been a long time since they've been this good, as good as they are right now. Momentum matters, and if you keep on winning and improving, even McCarthy, if he gets to the NFC title game, there's no way they're going to move on from him. If you're an owner, all you want to see is baby steps. I, I, I think you fire the five, the five and twelve team. You fire Bill Belichick, who's four and twelve. You don't fire a guy who's going eight and nine with a young quarterback, and you don't move on from that young quarterback. If you look big picture, that's not how the NFL ever works.
2: Well, but it's rare that you have this type of situation with the Bears where you do have Justin Fields you do have Eva Rufloos. they have been embattled for most of their time in Chicago it's looked good for the last four five weeks that's not a huge sample size after Justin Fields was hurt by the way and coming back from the thumb injury and now you're sitting there with the number one pick in some ways You've set yourself up for it because you're the one who traded with Carolina and put yourself in this position to have that immoral pick. And you have Caleb Williams coming out. Well, like, what it's if, unique circumstance.
3: Yeah, but what if Caleb Williams has some noise that he doesn't want to go to Chicago? We've already seen hints of that. And if Chicago is going to move on from Justin Fields and you're Caleb Williams, aren't you saying, well, I don't know. This franchise doesn't seem to know what they want. I'm not sure that's a marriage made in heaven. When you think of Caleb Williams, Oklahoma to USC, does he feel like a Bears quarterback? No.
2: Listen, I call the person's bluff. I mean, did Trevor Lawrence seem like a Jags quarterback? Like, I, I call yeah, him but the I mean, bluff Yeah, he's, he's from
3: three hours away.
2: Well, I'm just saying, like, okay, Caleb Williams is from Washington, D.C. Does he feel like a Commander's quarterback? Mm. Like, that That stuff doesn't yes. always match. Yes. He, <laughs> he does?
3: I, yes, I think that I, I honestly see him in Washington way before I see him in Chicago. Washington's going to get some quarterback. Yeah, I just feel like Chicago is famously a place where quarterbacks go to die, and Caleb Williams knows that.
2: I'd call his bluff. I think it's been a long time since Eli Manning pulled the power play where he didn't want to go to the Chargers and wanted to go to the Giants. That worked out. It did work out, but I, I don't think that... Why don't guys do that anymore?
3: Well, Caleb Williams seems like he is the guy who would do it. I mean, nobody's made as much noise about him. He said he might go back to USC. I mean, he's not going to do that now, but he... He's been very, very methodical about his NFL approach since he was 18 years old. I don't think he's going to be a... I think he'd be dumb to go to Chicago, to be honest. If I were him, I would want to go somewhere else.
2: 855-212-4CBS. Let's go to Rich. He's in Chicago. Hey, Rich, what's up?
3: Hey, uh, here's
4: the wild card, guys and gals. Uh, Perloff is right about the strategy, and I talked about this a few days ago, about keeping fields and Iberflues it isn't, it isn't really a one-game deal. It's the trend of straightening it out. But here's the wild card that no one's really factoring in. Luke Getzey was Jordan Love's coach at Green Bay yep. as a quarterback coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Bears. You don't think he knows how to game plan against Jordan Love?
2: Oh, That's interesting. Yeah, the familiarity there. We just saw you – and know, we see that happen quite a bit.
4: Well, there's a lot on the line. Yeah. His job, his boss's job – and maybe even Fields, but I, I tell you what, to make it just a friendly wager, I'll bet you anything you want that Iberflus and Fields stays, regardless of the outcome. Again, we'll bet a jersey or whatever you want to do. All right, Rich, you're you're one of our insiders. I'll send you a Fields jersey yeah. if I lose.
3: Seems like Green Bay is pretty banged up too. I don't even know who's lining up for them. I. I, I I agree. This is a very dangerous game for Green Bay.
2: Well, Green Bay already beat Chicago. That was the first game of the season, so who knows. Um, do I want to make that bet? I think they're gone, oh. so yeah, I'll, I'll make you the bet. I don't know about a jersey, though. Let me think what about the terms. Bet? Well, I'll bet whatever
4: you want to bet. Okay. What, is, what do you want to bet?
2: Well, let me think about it a little bit, Rich. You, you've you got our oh. number. Thank you so much for the call, because I think, I'll, I'll bet you, I think they're out. Th- this is the thing you say you've learned about NFL teams, that they don't move on from guys when there's some momentum. They do it all the time time It's just called interim coaches. They do it all the time no, with no, guys no. who are interim coaches who might have some momentum and they move on from them constantly. What I've learned about the NFL is that when teams are picking this high, they'll tell themselves a lie. That is, I'll never be picking this high again if no. I get the quarterback. And the Bears are going to tell themselves this exact thing.
3: If they beat Green Bay, forget it. Then there's not even a conversation. They're, they're going to have a parade for Eberfluss. If they beat the. Rival Packers on Sunday. Yeah,
2: it's not Aaron Rodgers back there. I mean, it's different. It's not like when Rodgers uh, owned you as a franchise. This
3: is, they are the hot team. And trust me, if they bring this team back, they add Marvin Harrison and a lot more talent. I think they're going to be a very, very hot pick next year.
2: Al is in Arizona, has got a thought on the Cowboys. Good morning, Al.
4: Hey, good morning, Maggie. I agree with you, but, uh, do you think if Belichick went to Dallas, he would put up with Jerry Jones being GM and coach? I, he
2: he would know that going in, right? So you couldn't get there, Al, and say, "Wait a minute, I had no idea that the owner was going to be this involved in picking the players." Like you know, that's part of the deal if you go to Dallas. Same with Parcells; would, he knew it was part think of the
4: deal. He'd even go there knowing that. That's where I just disagree with you. I agree with you on everything else about McCarthy. It, But I just don't think Belichick would be a good fit.
2: You know, Al, we'll see. In some ways, it's the cleanest fit because Bill Belichick really shouldn't be picking players anymore. So this is a place where the hierarchy is set. It's Jerry, it's Steven, it's the other personnel in Dallas who pick the players and let Belichick coach the players.
3: I disagree a little bit in the sense that it is the uncleanest fit. Jerry Jones and Steven Jones telling Bill Belichick whose players are going to be? That doesn't sound like an odd scenario. Uh, all right, Bill, here's what we're (laughs) going (laughs) to do.
2: That's insane
3: that Bill Belichick is going to sit there and let Stephen Jones tell him who his left guard is going to be. Do you think that makes sense?
2: (laughs) Uh, Jesus M is in the chat, said, Maggie, the Bears have talent and have something cooking here. Yes, but you also can't delude yourself, right, into thinking you've got something more than what you have.
3: Well, their defense has looked really good. So that's Iber It's improved. I understand yeah, ever what since
2: they saying, got Montez. I, sweat. I totally understand. That was the front office.
3: Yeah, I understand your thinking, uh, but I mean the reality is, owners like wins, and you can't if you win this many games at the end of the season, it helps. I think this Green Bay game is big. I, I know you're saying that rivalry uh, isn't. It's not Aaron Rodgers there. I think those teams go way back to be able to brag to knock Green Bay out. That'd be a huge accomplishment. I, You don't see the good vibes building in Chicago, aren't you, into this?
2: 855-212-4CBS. I'm just into Caleb Williams more. 855-212-4227. I'm into the thought of what Caleb Williams could be. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got our NFL picks on the other side and more updates for you. News around the league regarding Week 18. Who's starting? Who's going to sit?
5: you are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a
6: fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's
2: radio.
3: Welcome back to the Maggie and Perloff Show. If you're watching us on YouTube, CBS Sports Radio YouTube channel, you'll see Maggie is oh, my hair back again. Yeah, is wearing a white shirt and a poorly tied tie and glasses. As am I. Should we reveal why we're doing it or should we wait and make people go on social and check it out?
2: No, it looks like if you watch us in the chat, it looks like I dressed up as you.
3: But I don't really <laughs> usually wear that, <laughs> but okay.
2: No, but it, let people decide for themselves. Are it we looks Spider-Man meme right now? Like, do- <laughs> like, <doing> a, <laughs> like I, I was came for you as Halloween. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. Is that what I look like?
2: Yeah. This is what you look like. It's like holding up a mirror. <laughs> Am okay. I wrong?
3: No, I don't. No, you sort of look like slightly. Uh, uh,
2: I think I'm a spitting image. I think I look just like you.
7: It's like the episode of Office when uh, uh Jim comes in looking <laughs> just like
3: Dwight. okay. This is gonna come off as wrong. And I hope HR turned up. You look like kind of a stripper who's coming to a party who's oh. dressed up as a librarian is yeah. going to take all her clothes off. Who's
2: oh. been naughty? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that wrong
3: for me to say? Yeah. Do I
2: really? Yeah. yeah, you
3: look like you're dressed up trying to look like a nerd. No,
2: that's because you can tell that all this stuff could come off very easily. Yes. Like it's tied, disheveled. Like I'm not really <laughs> trying to look like I have a tie on.
3: Yeah. Okay, that was awful. <laughs> um, well, the red well, phone's ringing right now.
7: It's Friday, yeah. so i got
2: to get to my side hustle of uh, Bill's yeah, bachelor, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: bachelor yeah, yeah, party. You have a bachelor party coming up this weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'll strip tease and I'll give you my picks. <laughs> okay. It's really a two-in-one situation.
3: Oh, boy. Anyway, NFL picks. <laughs> what do we got going on here? Are we ready to go for the NFL picks for this week? We're getting down to the wire here, Maggie.
2: I know. I know.
1: Maggie and Perloff's NFL picks.
2: Okay, how we do the picks is we all take our clothes out I'm just kidding. We do one over under <laughs> one against the spread and one oh, player from um, oh. right now. I am 23 and 28 and just right in the midst of my comeback. Perloff, you are 26 and 25. At one point, you had a seven game lead and I think you're backsliding here.
3: I, I had a good week last week. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, I've, I've actually yeah, I've been one and two about eight straight weeks. Then last week I went two and one. Um, okay, I'll go first then. Okay. Um, I am actually going to put my money where my mouth is. I've been saying all show long that the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Miami Dolphins and the spread is down to two and a half. I'm going Buffalo in Miami Sunday night, 820, two and a half. Go Bills.
2: All right, I can't tell. Circle if you're, them wagons. I can't tell if this is some kind of weird emotional mind game hedge. What well, that you're doing to me?
3: The only thing is, I'm a little worried if Pittsburgh loses to Baltimore, which a lot of people see happening, then Buffalo doesn't have to win to get in. I'm assuming this is a fully desperate Bills team.
2: Yeah, the Bills have to be careful because the Jags still matter with them as well. The Jags have to. If the Jags win, they're also in a tough spot.
3: Right, but does... Uh, so it's
2: still the win, the easiest path is winning. they're in.
3: But if the Steelers lose, then aren't the Bills in? And yes. And they
2: need the Jags to... Yes, they are in. Yeah,
3: yeah. so if the Steelers lose, it's over.
2: But do you think the Steelers... Well, anyway.
3: No, I know. It's funny. A lot of experts are picking the Ravens and Ty Huntley to win that game. Anyway, all right, you're Okay,
2: up. back to picks. Against the spread for me today, I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm going to lay the four and a half. Carolina is awful. Like, they're awful... They have nothing to play for. Completely checked out. Buccaneers win, and they win the NFC South. I know Baker Mayfield's a little banged up, but this is an incentive pick, and the incentive goes with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'll lay the four and a half.
3: Okay. Both kind of go in incentive picks, which makes sense in week 18. Okay, over-under. You can't bet enough unders on the NFC South. I'm going to do it one more time. This one it makes me a little nervous, but Falcons at Saints set at 42 for the total. I'm going under 42. Falcons at Saints. I know Derek Carr has been kind of hot, but listen, Atlanta and New Orleans are actually playing for something here, maybe, depending on how the Bucks do. Yep. I, I think this is going to be a grinded out game. I think Atlanta is going to try and slow down the game. And it's the NFC South. Come on. I mean, if we'd been betting under every week on these, this entire division, we'd be millionaires. <laughs>
2: Think of that for next season. Uh, For my over-under, I'm going to take this Jets-Patriots. It's 30-and-a-half. I mean, it can't be lower. You've got two terrible offenses. You've got a team that, for the Patriots, I know Bill Belichick's not going to tank, but there's, like, let. It's better off if they lose this game for uh, draft situations. And it's supposed to be two feet of snow. So, you're going under. Under. Under the 30 and a half.
3: Wow, that number's so it's low. It's so bro. low. But, but you're right. It can't even get lower. I mean,
2: <laughs> I, I think this game is like 9 to 3 or something. Yeah. I don't even know if there's a touchdown scored in this game, to be honest with you. So give me under 30 and a half.
3: Okay. Uh, my player prop. I am going with my guy. You know, I'm a lifelong Houston Texans fan. As of two weeks ago when C.J. Stroud came back. Uh, two hours ago. C.J. Stroud, <laughs> 21 and a half completions. Uh, They play the Colts. Uh, Everything is on the line right here. Stroud, I think, feels fully healthy back from his concussion. I I just want to get in on the C.J. Stroud game. I want to wear my Texans hat that Case Keenum gave me several years ago. I am all about this Houston team, and C.J. is going to pepper the field. Probably have to go a lot of short passing because you don't want to let the Texans burn you over the top. TJ Stroud over 21 and a half.
2: Okay. I am going to go with the only DeAndre Hopkins prop that I could find on DraftKings, which is a DeAndre Hopkins anytime touchdown. He's got every incentive in the book here. He needs 49 yards for a million dollars. He needs seven catches for $250,000. And listen, nobody really stepped up to get DeAndre Hopkins, but the Tennessee Titans this year, they don't have a lot to play for, but I think getting him these bonuses I think is going to be part of this game. So give me a DeAndre Hopkins anytime touchdown, because it's the only prop I could find for DeAndre Hopkins.
3: Also awesome. Mike Vrabel is going to go full out in this game. I think they're going to try. I think this is a super dangerous game for Jacksonville. I feel like there's no reason not. First of all, throwing to DeAndre Hopkins helps you win the game, too. He's still very good. Yeah, I love that one. I like your bets more than mine this week. I really you convinced me on that Jets Patriots 30 and a half come game time, it's probably going to be 28 and a half. I,
2: uh, <laughs> I mean, the weather on the entire East Coast is supposed to be just terrible. I mean, look at this, this total, begin. by the
3: way. If you look at the totals. The Steelers or Ravens are 34 and a half. That is way low. But now they're saying two inches of snow during the game. Oof. So I, I think you, if you are betting heavily this week, just watch that weather report. Because it, be, it seems to be changing rapidly.
2: Also, Speak- crazy what if, because if the Bills were playing this game against the Dolphins in Buffalo.
3: Yeah, big snow western New York. Yep. Uh, speaking of, of which, we have a show on Monday. Yes. Are you going to be here?
2: Yeah, yeah. I will.
3: Okay, because I'm reading that. Finally, there's a snowstorm coming.
2: I know. Whether I live pretty far out in New Jersey, and it gets. I'm like past where the weather report is for yeah. New York City. <laughs> so, whatever's happening in New York City, that is not what's happening at my house. Um, uh, but no, I'm good. I'll be in.
3: I love snow football. I just, I like the slow foot snow football where running backs can't be stopped because the defense doesn't know. The Jets, Patriots are going to be the bad kind of snow football where it's just like it's
2: the bad everything.
3: Although the 30 and a half, the one thing I'd be worried about is the Patriots punt team and the Jets punt team. There could be four special teams, four touchdowns. to six block <laughs> punt. There ain't going to be any passing touchdowns, but we could see some punt touchdowns.
2: Uh, Dave is in Arkansas, has got a thought on one of the other big dramatic stories in the nfl that's the broncos and what they do with russell wilson hey dave how are you yeah
5: hey very good thank you for taking my call hey uh with the russell wilson situation uh i'm one of the minority of people that think that russell wilson has been overrated for some time i didn't think that he deserved as much credit for seattle's success as maybe the defense or the coaching and i feel like he parlayed the, the super bowl and, and the second appearance the following year into a real big paycheck with Denver, and I, I I really think that there's not enough criticism that's going towards the Denver management that would buy into giving him all that money, knowing that he's an older quarterback, he has made his uh, money by making a few big plays, and that how how can you run an offense when you have a quarterback that after the first uh, read decides that he wants to run, yeah. and so I just I, I, I he's been. I wanted to know what your guys' thoughts are about Sean Payton getting all the heat for uh, for uh, for benching him and then Ryan
3: Clark calling uh, Payton a thug.
0: Yeah. and
2: I
3: just wanted to hear what you wanted to say.
2: Dave, thank you for the phone call.
3: I think Russell Wilson. One thing that's really important to note about him, he used to be an elite runner. He used to what is now a four-yard gain for the Broncos was a fourteen-yard gain. That's how he won all those games in Seattle. Didn't run all game. Then fourth quarter, first down, first down, first down. And when You took that out of his game, he's much less effective. So, I think I think he was good in Seattle. I disagree with uh Dave on that point, but that being said, he does bring up a good point. Why are did the Broncos still have the same general manager? I mean, oh,
2: I mean, this is the I think they have gotten a lot of criticism. The front office, yeah, they office have. For the Broncos. I, I agree. I'll disagree with Dave on that. I, I think a lot of people are pointing to the Broncos' front office and saying, uh, you went after Rodgers, it was clear you wanted Rodgers when you couldn't get him. You pivoted to Russell Wilson. That's all fine and dandy if you thought Russell Wilson could help you. Why you ever gave him one of the most expensive contracts on top of the first-round picks and multiple players that you traded to get him was asinine. It's front office. It's new owner-itis. It's all that. I think why Sean Payton is getting some criticism, especially from former players, is because it felt like there was a quid pro quo. Like, you better change your incentives. Yeah. An injury guarantees, or else we're going to bench you. Now, if it didn't actually go down that way, then maybe you know Sean Payton, maybe people will change their opinion. But that feels like such dirty pool in a game that's as physical as football. I think that's why Payton's getting criticism. Also, I think Payton came in and was super arrogant. You know, he's calling out Nathaniel Hackett and all that, which might be fine, but it's it's you're putting yourself out there. You're showing your arse a little bit. And then he comes out and does the the onside kick, like for the first play of the season. Is like, oh, this is about you. This isn't about the team. I, I think that's why Peyton's getting criticism. But listen, if he wins, they're gonna love him.
3: Well, here's the thing: I think Peyton misjudged the team he was taking over. Like, watch Judy and watch Cortland Sutton on a week to week basis. And you know, Sean Payton said it. <laughs> he kind of summed it up. He said, "I couldn't. I can't sit my entire receiving core, my entire offensive line. They are an overrated roster." So again. It amazes me that George Payton's still the GM there because it's not just Russ. Tell, I'm telling you, over the last five years, pretty much every position group is underperformed. And they let's not forget they let up 70 points one game in defense. They're much better now, but still incredibly disappointing. Does Sean Payton's offense scare anybody right now?
2: I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. It always felt like Payton was going to be a better fit with the Chargers, but you know he was doing TV. Yeah, but, but he started mean, making the rounds, and and it never even felt like the two t the two the Broncos and Peyton were actually a real match.
3: Why Peyton and Herbert? Like what makes you think Sean Payton is going to do something with Justin Herbert? That doesn't seem like a match at all. It feels like he's a Drew Brees guy. It's got to be all about Sean Payton's big brain running the offense, not about a, a big arm quarterback. I can't wait to see Russ in Washington next year with Jahan Dotson <laughs> and Terry McLaurin. I think Russ had I I'm actually on team Russ over team Peyton because who's the quarterback, like you said, who's the quarterback next year for Denver?
2: I don't know. I don't, I mean, maybe, um, Jameis? No. Who do they have? They have uh, what's his face? Jared
3: Siddham. Jared Siddham it Siddham, looked it? really bad last week. I love Jared Sidham but that's not good either. I I'm curious what he does in the off season. Uh, Drew Brees says he can't throw anymore. Can't bring him out of retirement. I I honestly don't know where he goes.
2: It's funny that didn't Washington have a chance to go for Russell Wilson and he said he didn't want to play there. Yeah. yeah. Well, now. Now I. <laughs> Might be singing a different tune. Andrew Bogus is here with Headlines. Good morning.
6: And I just got here. Which one of you guys is the stripper again? I <laughs> only have <half> heard of <laughs> That'd that. would
2: be him. Okay, Who are you, you paying for out of this duo? <laughs> uh,
6: Victor Webin definitely rose to the occasion last <laughs> night and not sure the immortal Chet Holmgren could have even matched it. Wemby threw his own self oop, dribbled the length of the floor, went behind his back, and then dunked, and he blocked Giannis at the rim in the final seconds to keep the Spurs alive until they lost again, 125-121, dropping... To five and twenty-nine. Greg Popovich, post game.
5: Great game. I couldn't be more proud of the group. We did a lot of great things, and uh, a lot of people played well. Uh, unless you got a question that makes sense, I'm I'm out of here.
6: I'm going to wow. Wendy's party. Uh, Vic had twenty-seven points. <laughs> they lost. They lost. Yeah, good game. We played hard, and uh, you dummies, I'm leaving.
2: I I know Popovich isn't mailing it in, but are we sure he's not mailing it in?
6: Um, I think he's living in the reality of them being a terrible team.
2: No, I get it. Uh Westland Vlogs is in our chat. If you want to watch the show, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio or twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. Perloff has a Wolf of Wall Street vibe today.
3: Oh, like cheesy boiler room kind of stockbroker guy?
2: It's not that far off.
3: Uh, not really. I... I just rewatched that movie. I don't quite look like those guys. They're, <laughs> they're like... Uh, it's like the meathead stockbroker guy. I feel like I'm more uh, a legit... Like, oh, this guy knows quants. Yeah. Or things like that. The like, cool
6: guy brings you in to back up his argument. Yeah, I'm You've like, the I'm numbers. the nerd who
3: supports the Wolf of Wall Street guy. Yeah,
6: Thank you, Bogus. No, I mean, I'd, I'd be in the same group. Yeah.
2: You, you think Perloff's getting you an 8% return year no. over year?
6: Perloff and I work oh, for yeah. guys like Pete. Pete walks in the room, makes the pitch... <laughs> And Perloff and I have the, the spreadsheets yeah, yeah. and the no, flowcharts.
2: No. I mean... It, Perloff looks like the guy who comes in and says, what do you do around here? You're like, you're <laughs> auditing everyone. I Getting mean, rid of whole departments.
6: Yeah, you celebrate Michael Bolton's full catalog, don't you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to be honest, Like, if I was going to be in that world, I probably be already retired after being at Morgan Stanley for 20 years. I don't know, know why you're here. <laughs> yeah, because I was I was an idiot. I didn't go into finance. <laughs>
2: Aren't we all?
6: The Denver Nuggets closed on a 25-4 run, capped by Nikola Jokic's 40-foot off-the-glass buzzer beater for a 131-27 win on the Warriors' floor. You don't
4: see that happen to that team in this building very often.
6: Michael Malone's team has now won six in a row on the road, 11 of their last 13 overall. Back to the Warriors for a moment. Draymond Green expected back at their facility in the coming days to get back into game shape He has been on indefinite suspension since December 13th. Adam Silver has the final say on his return to the court. Uh, One of you guys mentioned this morning that Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson might want $15 million annually to be your head coach. But what would he ask for if he was a top five OC in the league? Over 1,700 players participated in an NFLPA survey about many things around the NFL. The full results come out post-Super Bowl, but the union gave us the top five coordinators on offense, defense, and special teams this week ahead of the coaching cycle. Miami's Frank Smith, Thomas Brown in Carolina, the Cowboys' Brian Schottenheimer, Cincy's Brian Callahan, and Kellen Moore at least all got more votes Then Ben Johnson, Detroit's Aaron Glenn picked as the best D coordinator, and Dallas's John Fossil got the special teams nod.
2: Okay, honestly, I didn't even know who the offensive coordinator was for the Miami Dolphins.
6: Uh, Same. (laughs) How about the fact that the Panthers... They have two coordinators, defense and special teams, on this list, and they are terrible.
2: They're the worst team in the NFL. Yes, the players—they cannot be trusted with these things. Oh, I, no. I know the players want to say we should—we should be the ones who vote for MVP, and we should be the ones who vote in the Hall of Fame, and it shouldn't be the writers and it shouldn't be the media types. It's because of stuff like this we can't trust you guys. The Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. They've scored like three touchdowns all year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bryce Young looks like he could be out of the league.
6: We've all known and worked with former players. It was has been stunning to me at times how little they know about what's going on outside of their position on their team.
2: Well, I, Bart Scott would break in like the Kool-Aid man if Brian Schottenheimer <laughs> won any kind of award. <laughs> and I just hope I'm not talking on a turn there, but it would happen.
3: <laughs> By the way, uh, Bones Fossil is special teams. Is he the only special teams coach that anybody can name of? That's a no-brainer. I mean, well, unless Rich Passaccia.
2: Right? Is
3: Bassaccia currently a special teams coach? But Bones Fossil is the most famous special teams coach well, no, in I mean, the history of the NFL who no, never became it.
2: The guy from the Jets who had one leg.
3: Oh, Mike Westhoff? Yeah. He's, and, and everybody knows that John Harbaugh used to be a special teams Everyone knows there. Belichick and Harbaugh used to be... Yeah, but... Basically Fossil, I mean he's been a. that's the only guy who's never been promoted from special teams <laughs> coach that we know. He's like, no, so I'm you good. had to vote for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't get Frank Smith at all. Like what what's going on?
2: I mean, it's just, it I just assume it was Mike McDaniel.
7: It is Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Smith doesn't call plays. So what's right. what's the deal?
2: I don't even think
6: Frank Smith has been on the hard knocks show yet.
2: Is Frank but Smith Frank an actual Smith. person? <laughs> <laughs> it kinda of sounds like a made up name.
6: They've shown their quarterbacks coach, the linebacker coach the D coordinator. I don't think Frank Smith, Wes Welker's on the show. I don't think I've heard of or seen Frank
2: (laughs)
3: Smith yet. Working from home?
2: (laughs) I mean... (laughs) He zooms in every Tuesday and Thursday.
3: He could be like a head coaching candidate because all the Andy Reid guys, none of them were offensive coordinators. They all got jobs or some of them were, but mostly, you know... You could get a job. Could Frank Smith be a head coach next year? He's a younger guy. We have guy. to figure
2: out if he exists, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll see. I looked
3: at a picture. I've never seen him in my life. He's 42, though. He's the offensive coordinator of the Dolphins. I'd hire that guy. I don't. <laughs> I've said. I've heard enough. You don't have to be the play caller to get a job or be good, though, right? This guy right here is dead. <laughs> I mean, Beattie <Biennium> was quite. <laughs> Eric Biennium was quite famous, and he didn't play call.
6: Here's our OC, yeah. Frank Smith, in, in air quotes.
7: Here's our DC, Frank
6: Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got one of those guys. We've seen him. I'm looking at him right now. He has not been on the show. I'm five episodes in, and they haven't shown him. I got a lot of Daryl Bevel, got a lot of Wes Wilker, defensive guys, and of course Mike McDaniel. I got nothing on Frank he's Smith. He's
7: definitely remoting in. Been, he definitely
2: is on. Definitely Zoom. He's in. on the piano plan. He's stuck <laughs> in traffic
6: somewhere. <laughs> That was a joke just for Pete. It wasn't my favorite.
2: (laughs) That was a hearty laugh. Yeah. Uh, Former K State
6: QB, Will Howard, transferring to Ohio State. All right. The 10th ranked Arizona men pounded Colorado last night, 97 50. That's their largest margin of victory since 97. Women's number one, South Carolina, beat Florida for the 16th time in a row, 89 66. And The San Jose Sharks need our help again. Their losing streak is now 10 after a 2-1 home loss to Winnipeg. This 10-game skid following their 0-11 start to the season. So thoughts and prayers all weekend long, guys, for the Sharks.
3: So Frank Smith came into the league in 2005. He's already been with the Saints, the Bears, the Raiders, Chargers, and now the Dolphins. So that's how he won (laughs) this vote. He's coached pretty much 70% of the league. And he's now... (laughs) I got bad news for you guys. Uh-oh. He's one of the hottest head coaching candidates out there apparently. He's like everyone's I talking about. We
2: all just heard about him today. I know. Right. So
3: now we're on Team Frank it. Smith, but that's how you get that's how you get a lot of votes in this because if you stink and you move around all the time, then you coach everybody <laughs> and they know yeah. you.
2: That's how you get votes in this thing. Again, the, we can't trust the players when it comes to stuff like this.
3: He's going to coach the Patriots next. Watch.
6: <laughs> it's amazing. His whole life is like this. You'd think a guy like this might have been like a good quarterback in like the MAC? and he, he did play at Miami of Ohio, but he blocked for Ben Roethlisberger. He wasn't Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> he was on Ben Roethlisberger's offensive line. Yeah, Just well, like he's on Mike McDaniel's offensive line right now in Miami, basically.
3: I'm looking at Aaron Glenn. who Aaron Glenn has pretty much touched every team in the NFL at this point as a player or a coach. At least
2: we remember Aaron Glenn as a player. (laughs) Yeah.
3: yeah. So I think you get around. Also, the
2: Lions' defense is terrible. Well, not terrible, but they're definitely not the strength of that team. They
3: went from 32 to 18 or something. No, I know it's bizarre. <laughs>
2: okay. I think this is
3: it's all inside gag
7: by the players. I got, I have a feeling.
2: Oh, you think that they're messing with us? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I can the, see that. The
3: more and more we're going through this list, yeah, I, you, it's just—it's
7: <laughs> it's,
2: not Steve Wills. No, yeah. no, they're
3: not. That's not a gag. It's like, oh, we'll show them. We'll make Aaron Glenn. I mean, everyone likes Aaron Glenn.
2: Honestly, if it was a real gag, they would have said Joe Judge.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could go a <laughs> that's lot a real
2: hearty. You heart. could go
3: a lot worse pretty quickly. Well, they would have picked all Panthers uh, coaching
6: staff.
2: <laughs> it would be hilarious.
6: You know what it is? It's players go. Oh, the Dolphins are good on offense. Their coordinator must be good, and they're not thinking that Mike McDaniel yeah, runs the whole. I play.
7: actually wonder if they true. literally wrote in Frank Smith, or did they just write Dolphins OC? Like, do these guys no. even know? No, I bet it was a list
6: Frank's of names. And they just cl- and they just check a box next to a name. Like, oh,
2: Dolphins Amazing. offense looks like it'd be fun to play in. Right. I mean. It's funny because when they did this kind of survey with players about head coach, it was Mike Tomlin who won far and away, right? Guys only want to play for Mike Tomlin, yet none of his coordinators made it. Partially because they were getting fired. None right? of guys f-
3: want to play for him either. Right. <laughs> well, Dude's hey, not blocking. Matt Canada is definitely not going to make the list. <laughs> <laughs> if Matt Canada, if you were making fun of people, Matt Canada would have won offensive coordinator. Right. Matt Ball. Canada
2: and Ken Dorsey together, just all the fired coordinators. Ken
3: Dorsey is basically Eric Parsigi. I'm trying to think, uh, no, who's the guy, uh, the Eric Don Coriel compared yeah. to... Matt is the worst off... you say
2: officer the former Notre Dame yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I meant Don Coriel and I said Air Parsigan. I have no idea. It's Friday. I've been on jury duty for a long time.
2: <laughs> Today's We're your last day. We're wearing a
3: tie. We're both wearing a... ties, which Wait. is restricting the oxygen. How are you going to go right? out
2: with a bang today at jury duty?
3: Uh the same way the I always... rush you.
2: <laughs> believe, <So> you <laughs> believe you. Believe you. Believe you. Cool. You're cool. There's
3: 23 of us on the grand jury duty. Oh, my God. There is an... There is an unsaid agreement that we are all going to part ways and not know each other's names when this is all over. I will never see those people again.
2: Wait, are you all going to like a happy hour or something tonight?
3: And are you kidding me? Not a million Separate years. towns. <laughs> Should we be waiting for you outside the door with
6: like balloons and stuff like the last day of school? Want to go graduating. Yeah. yeah.
7: Congrats. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: You did it. <laughs> you should read the Dr. Seuss, Oh, The Places You'll Go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Nah>. <laughs> yeah, a
2: Single tear rolls down your... Oh,
3: <laughs> If you're uh, if you're accused of a crime, you do not want to go in front of our grand jury today because we are not even deliberating. You're guilty. <laughs> throw away the key. Let's move on. Get out of here. So again, you're going to get me in trouble. Like this could be a mistrial because of this idiotic conversation. Hey,
2: you
7: walk out, chariots of fire's playing.
3: Yes,
2: <laughs> uh. running for the door. Elvis and a security guard steps in front of it. She's like, you can't leave. You're here forever. Uh You're
3: the Chiefs fan, right? (laughs) I'm going to miss you so much. Russian guy next to me who can't stop cursing all day that I don't know your name.
2: (laughs) flip side you now know all 15 Russian swear words
3: <laughs> no they're English, they're English swear words <laughs> <laughs> the only English what you know. the bleep was that guy doing I'm like guy we're in grand jury I mean he's a criminal what do you expect
2: <laughs> he's naked on the balcony screaming what do you think he's doing partying 855 212 cbs
3: it's called, called party it's called Friday yeah.
2: look it up all right We've got a fun exercise we're going to do next. We're going to give you the biggest things at stake week 18 and beyond. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
3: Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Maggie is walking around the room, drafts like Steve Kornacki holding a bill's helmet with numbers She's just in like it. your sister in other being words, honest it's Friday <laughs> so what are we doing here explain explain this back.
0: okay
2: quickly before we say farewell before week 18 we want to do something fun get this on the record this is our first week back uh in January the first week of January of shows so we're gonna do a quick around the room where we are going to look into our crystal ball and we are going to forecast the one big story that is gonna happen in 2024 okay and we're gonna write them down we're gonna keep them here in the studio and whoever gets, the, gets them right or gets theirs right wins a really big prize. Now we have a draft order. Who got one? Andrew Bogish. Mm-hmm. Look into your crystal ball. What is the one story that's going to happen in 2024?
6: Somehow, the Los Angeles Dodgers expense will be paid off handsomely this year, at least on an individual front, where Shohei Otani, one-armed, will win NL MVP, and Yoshinobu Yamamoto will win NL I'll go mm. Rookie of the Year to hedge my bets, shy of a Cy Young.
2: Do they win the World Series? That too. Okay, so it's a Shohei MVP. Mm-hmm. It's a Yamamoto Rookie of the Year, <laughs> yeah. and it's a World Series. It's a clean sweep. It's a suite. hat trick. Wow. Okay, I'm number two. Second, the story that will happen in the year 2024. We're getting the wedding, guys. Taylor and Travis, they are getting married. It's going to happen in 2024. And just set your calendar to that. Who's three?
0: Uh, I'm five.
7: That would be I. Uh, I am going to go into the NFL and uh, Bill Belichick's landing spot. The Chicago Bears. Wow,
2: you've been sitting on that this I, whole week.
7: I've been sitting on that. I, I think it, it, he is one for tradition. I think somehow he will end up in Chicago. They will draft Marvin Harrison with the first pick, and they will they will keep Justin Fields and and go with that that system. And I believe they will make the playoffs next year.
2: Pete, I had no idea you were on drugs wow. this whole time. I am. EJ, thank you. Get
7: back. Was in he at Colorado. <laughs> All right, I have number one, number four pick. Yep. My New York Knicks oh, geez. will make
2: oh. the, the in-season tournament
7: oh, sorry. for Pete, cut his mic. <laughs> a superstar.
2: You're going to make an in-season trade for a superstar, not OG and an Obi.
7: No, no, no. It's not in-season per se. It's over in the next 20, 2020, 2024. Okay. They will land their superstar. Is it Mitchell? Is it whoever? It's going to be a superstar, and he's going to land in New
3: York.
2: Okay, Perla.
3: Okay, uh, my I am tying together three stories under one theme. It is going to be the year of famous sons. Bronny will be in the NBA draft, joining LeBron James. Shador Sanders will win the Heisman. And Arch Manning, who's sort of a famous son, his dad is Cooper, um, will start for Texas and be a Heisman candidate. I already gave it to Shador, so I can't give it to both of them. So it's going to be the year of sons. And really, my story would have been Bronny. Bronny is going to be all we talk about come
2: fall. All right. There you go. This is our crystal ball. What's going to happen in 2024. Bogus says it's going to be a clean sweep. Dodgers win the World Series, Shohei wins MVP, Yamamoto wins Rookie of the Year. I said that Taylor and Travis are going to get married. Pete said that Bill Belichick's going to be the new head coach of the Bears and they're going to draft Marvin Harrison and make the playoffs. EJ says the New York Knicks will finally land that coveted superstar, and Perloff says it will be the year of the famous Suns led by Bronny James, but also Shador Sanders and Arch Manning making waves.
3: Oh, sorry. You're telling me that Donovan Mitchell signing with the Knicks could be bigger than Bronny James? No, the Knicks at that point, we've been waiting for this.
7: We've been waiting for something to happen in New York, so yeah. all these folks that get all upset, the Knicks will have a superstar. You'll finally have
3: one, and then Knicks will be big time. I
2: don't Maggie know if Donovan w- Mitchell counts.
3: Maggie won that. That is, I mean, Taylor yeah. and uh, that is just. It's
2: just when is the win going to be? Though. I even think
3: you could win with an engagement. That'd be enough to be the story of the year.
2: I think we need the wedding.
3: I'm
6: also think- bothered by you being such a naysayer this whole time. Now you're leaning on a wedding in 2024.
2: Well, you know.
3: It just, won't be a cool summer. It's like dropping the Eagles. Sometimes love is so obvious, Bogus. Even Mag- <laughs> even cynical Maggie Listen, has to come around.
2: You've never heard of a fake marriage? <laughs> no.
3: <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fake marriage when there are three kids in. <laughs> <laughs> they're
2: really committed to the bit. <laughs> uh, thank you to EJ Stewart, to Pete Pilati. Thank you to Andrew Bogus. Thank you to Andrew Kaplan, to the widows and the coffee drinkers and the callers. A uh, fantastic job. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend.
3: I think
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? <laughs> only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.